Hi guys, this is Vidas and Osha. Let's start episode 136 of Ask Vidas and Osha podcast. Uh, this question was sent by Bruce. He writes, Hi Vidas, I'm trying to download BWV578, uh, the little fugue in G minor by Bach, but I don't see it in the list uh, of directly downloadable items on the Total Organist webpage. Is this piece available to me with my Total Organist subscription? If so, I would like to take it with me on my travels. How can I get a copy of it? I would really like to review and understand your recommended fingerings while I'm on the road. Thanks. Cheers, Bruce. So, uh, Bruce is a traveler, right, Osha? Yes, that's what I understood from his question. And um, not always he has an access, access to a real organ. That's right. Is it okay to study your music on the road? Yes, I think so. That's a very good thing to do. Because this keeps you sort of, you know, still connected with the music that you are playing. Somehow I uh, sometimes see people miss their practice because they don't have an access access to an instrument. Somehow either their churches uh, far away or uh, they travel too much, right? Yes, that's right. So, but it's okay probably to to simply take your music with you and practice, let's say, on the table or not. Yes, you know, I still remember while studying at Verlfin in the Academy of Music with Professor Degrees, Leopoldus Degrees, I remember he talking about practice time and he would strongly recommend to divide your practice in three sort of three stages or mm-hmm. Three periods, and he would suggest to do one, one, one part of your practicing on the organ, another on the piano, and the third one, you know, to do the mental practice, just looking at the score. Of the same piece. Yes, of the same piece. How interesting! So Bruce should uh, then divide his practice time in three ways, right? Yes, and I don't do it so much, you know, nowadays, but I did a lot of this way when I was, you know, still a student. Let's talk a little bit about each stage. Well, uh, talking about uh, organ practice, we all know it's very beneficial, right? Yes. Because it's organ music and you adjust to your instrument. What about second stage, uh, basically piano practice of organ music? Well, you know, it sort of helps you to, de- to develop the technique, especially in romantic and late music. It's very beneficial. I remember, you know, when Bruce Nesvik at Eastern Michigan University was, uh, you know, he came to visit uh, our school at the Improvisation Symposium that Pamela, Dr. Pamela Reuter Finstra, you know, hosted. Mm-hmm. And, and was leader, you know, initial leader of it. And he came to teach to give some master classes of improvisation. And he also had to perform a recital at Peace Auditorium. And I remember he was playing the symphony by Louis Verne. Mm. 
and I remember that he did some of his practice on the piano. Do you remember which symphony was it by Verne? I think it was the first symphony. The first symphony yes. and the, the famous finale. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. I love that finale. It's so nice. And so so he found it very beneficial to practice that music on the piano. So it will never hurt, you know. It's a good way. Plus, you know, most of us have access to piano much often than, you know, organ. Mm-hmm. Than access to the organ. So I think it might be beneficial too. It might sort of give you more time to practice in general. And, you know, let's say if you have access, you don't have like home organ and you really need to work on your fingering and on technical stuff, you really don't want to do that at church. I just can't imagine doing that at church. Even though... Especially like now church at St. John's is where no tourists coming all the round, you know, I I would not want to know. It, it would be sort of like washing your underwear, you know, in, in, in front of, you know, all people. That's the same when you are working on you know, those details and you know, working on the text. Except I would think that a lot of people wouldn't even understand that you're washing your underwear. I, I know, but you no, know, I would understand that. I would not want to show that, you know, my sort of kitchen in front of everybody. Just in case Bruce Nesbitt comes along, right? I, you know, I remember once when I was working on Vater Unser from Klavierübung Part 3 at Cornerstone and I thought I'm perfectly, you know, alone and nobody listened to me and then I just heard that somebody actually is in the chapel and is listening to my playing and it was Olivia Latri and Jean Beattie and so I just felt so embarrassed. And why? Well, it I wasn't at the concert stage in that time with my, you know, playing. I was just simply practicing. But that's okay, isn't yes, it? Yes, that's okay, but, you know, that's not the most best feeling. You wanted to to appear superhuman yes, in front of yes, Olivier Latry. Yes, yes, And what did he say to you? Well, nothing, you know. But when he played himself too, and I sort of had a private recital played by him. On the old ancient organ? Yes. It was mm, wonderful. So interesting. Yes. A lot of people think that Olivier Latry is a master of the French symphonic music, but it's not really the case. Well, he is master of you know, old French music too, but not only French, old mm-hmm. French music. But I think he played like swelling when mm-hmm. my youngest Leben had an end and it was wonderful. Yeah, these people are masters of everything. So yes, guys, uh, remember that uh, sometimes uh, uh, master himself or herself might appear to be listening when you're alone in your practice room. And uh, don't neglect your piano practice. Yes, it's very important. And also, you know, if you travel a lot, then just look at your score. You know, you may play on the table or you may just think, you know, the lines in your head or loud if you can. From my perspective, I can remember that whenever I have trouble with my technique uh, of the manual parts, 
whenever I play them repeatedly on the piano, especially in a slower tempo, my technique really improves on, on the organ too, of the same piece. It really helps. Uh, I remember practicing this of uh, the concerto of uh, Handel. One of the concertos, I think, that this was in... G minor? F major. Ah, F major. In, in, mm-hmm. in, in Nebraska. So, yes, it's, it's, it helps. And uh, whenever I travel, right, sometimes uh, there is not enough time on the real organ to practice for you. I remember practicing uh, in my hotel room on the table, putting those thick pillows underneath me so that it would be like an organ bench height and practicing my recital pieces this was in Paris in La Madeleine Church and uh, the recital was quite uh, I think uh, uh, normal I think it wasn't a, a scary feeling at all even though I had uh, like maybe 45 minutes or so to prepare yes because that mental preparation is very important Mm -hmm. You can even uh, prepare for a recital at home while while, uh, looking at the specification and prepare those registration changes in advance. And when you uh, get to the real organ, you will be almost ready. That's true. Because it's the most important thing how much time you will spend with the actual piece. In either way, either playing or on any instrument or singing it. Or no, just looking at the score. So mental practice is one of the ways, right? Yes. It's, I wouldn't even say it's it's uh, less important than, than instrumental practice. Because remember that experiment with basketball players? Have I to- told you about this before? I think you mentioned it, but you can tell it to our listeners too. Some of, some of our subscribers know this story, but I think I re- I'll remind you because it's appropriate right now. Uh, There was an experiment with a control group um, of basketball players. It was uh, in America, I think. Uh, Some of them were divided uh, into parts, and one one part uh, was directed uh, to play the basketball and shoot, let's say, basketball from one position, for one hour every day for 30 days. So basically, for one month they sh- shot the basket basketball um, from one position for one hour. And the second group uh, did this uh, only by imagining, imagining the ball, imagining pe- picking up the ball and uh, targeting the basket and releasing the, uh, the ball and imagining, visualizing the path of the ball and hitting, imagining hitting the ball, the target and uh, so forth, uh, basically for one hour every day. And the third group, they were directed not to uh, practice basketball at all, just forget about it for one month. And you know what happened, Osha? They afterwards um, compared the results. So how was the results? Okay, uh, this group which 
um, practiced the real basketball, right? Physically, they uh, developed their technique results by, I would say, like something like twenty-eight percent. I might be wrong, but some some What something about Their group, which didn't practice basketball at all, they sort of after one month uh, stayed more or less the same. It's it's interesting, right? Uh, imagine not playing the organ at all without uh, for a month, and your level will stay almost the same, uh, approximately, according to this study. It is a basketball study. But the most uh, surprising result was for people who only visualize playing basketball. They developed their technique by 25%. Wow. Almost the same as those who practiced real basketball physically. But I hope you're not suggesting to our listeners just you know, to sort of practice mentally. No, but you could do the same experiment if you don't believe me. For example, pick three pieces of uh, approximate length and equal importance and equal uh, level of difficulty and do this uh, uh, experiment by yourself for one month, right? One piece you play it physically, the second piece you do it mentally while looking at the score and the third piece you simply... <laughs> Forget it for an m- entire month, right? Don't look at, at the score, don't practice it on the organ at all. So, and then report to us after one month. We'll be eager to find out. It will be very interesting to yes. report the results, right? Yes. Osha? Wonderful. And please send us more of your questions. We love helping you grow. And we might be right, uh, right about this experiment on the on the organ, and we might be wrong, right? So, if anyone is brave enough to try, please uh, send us the results. It would But be... I think combination of these three things: practice on the organ, practice on the piano, and mental practice. This is a good combination. So I strongly recommend to try it on. Excellent, and of course, uh, uh, BWV 578, a little fugue in G minor is now available on the Total Organist um, dashboard when when you s- uh, sign in as a member. And you can easily download it and start practicing, whether physically or mentally. Thanks, guys. This was Vidas. And Osha. And remember, when you practice, miracles happen. <laughs>